1: Recorded live. It's your, your ass, ass out of the, the street, test. The
0: devil doesn't give your fuck, and
2: we don't give a fuck about a devil.
0: Who are You are
2: now.
0: Yeah. I don't like you, devil. Y'all be doing that evil shit. I don't like these whites. Nope. 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 Melanated is the only thing that I like. I like them. Filthy parasite, parasite.
3: power, beautiful Voltaire, Mount Hotop. Welcome to Feet on the Ground Radio.
1: me. Hold on one second. Son. I am something in my throat. <clears> throat> so, so that's what, uh, yeah, like I said, I was
3: going to put in some information about, about the Sheep against for job.
1: Also, uh,
3: Might want oh, might want to put something. You know what? I think, I think I want to go. I think I want to go military today. Then we'll to go military. And I, and this right here, though, this is the United Nations and the maintenance
1: of international security—a challenge to be met. Nice little publication. Got a, uh, there's a
3: talker, got a fellowship from Yale, James S. Sutherland, uh, a professor at uh, Long Island University. And after serving as Inspector General of the U.S. Foreign Service, Professor Sutherland joined the U.N. Secretary, where during the tenure of Secretary General Perez de Cola, he was director. He was director of the Secretary General's office. He has written widely on U.N. Affairs. Is currently chairman of the Board of Directors of the Academic Council on the
1: United Nations. So this is pure propaganda. So you might be able to pull out some good tidbits This is not a, a, a book that was definitely,
3: it wasn't really necessarily meant for n- niggas like me to pick up and buy. I didn't even buy this book. Uh, a
1: free bookstore. What am doing with this in here? Give me that. But um,
3: let me see. Let me see. I don't, I don't even know what chapter to read from. Maybe Military Aggression. They got one on um cultural uh what's that culture politics they got it. they they talk about how they deal and
1: matter of fact, that's what I do you know what i know what I do got something for the family. So, listen, this is almost you really how, this is what they say, this is how they
3: had to deal with Somalia and color, uh, aggression, force, and peace. So they they gotta enforce peace. So you know there's got to be some shooting going on for this peace to happen. But um this is like I said, this is how the United Nations and the maintenance of international security challenge to be met. James S. Sutherland. And he's, uh, and what he does is he's summarizing different um aspects of history and, and um military dealings with other nations you know, in the international world, and just really, as it, as as I it said, it's is more of a uh, more of a question, you know, on um whether how how we're we supposed to move, how as America is it supposed to move forward, you know, in the future, you know, really a book to spark the future minds
1: of the uh of the beast. It's for the baby beast. But this is uh, for
3: page 59. Uh, This is a piece on Somalia and the chapter representing repelling aggression and enforcing peace. Partly as a result of the experience in Croatia, the need for peace enforcement action was recognized at an earlier stage in the crisis in Somalia. Peace enforcement as foreseen in an agenda for peace was ambiguously authorized by the Security Council. For the first time in the UN's history, and knowingly undertaken by a contributing states at the time of deployment, although there were no volunteer units available, in March 1999, the United Nations, in association with the Organization of African Unity, the Arab League, and the Islamic Conference, succeeded in negotiating the ceasefire agreement between the principal war factions in Mogadishu. The agreement provided for 50 unarmed U.N. military observers to monitor the ceasefire in Mogadishu, and a U.N. security component with convoys of humanitarian assistance traveling to other points in the country. The security of peacekeeping force was to, was to provide U.N. relief convoys with a sufficiently strong military escort to deter attack, but they were authorized to fire only in self-defense. As a a last resort, if deterrence should not prove effective. As I said, in order to enforce some peace, you're going to need some guns. You're going to have to happen. Now, next, the factions did not comply with the ceasefire provision, and unarmed monitors had no means of forcing them to do so. A modest peacekeeping and security force consisting of 500 Pakistani troops was deployed to afford security for relief efforts in the capital. The force was largely immobilized by the violence and looting that dominated the city in light of the deteriorating situation throughout the country. The Security Council approved the deployment of four additional U.N. security units, each with the strength of up to 750 to be stationed in four operational zones of the country. In each, there will be a consolidated U.N. effort to carry out relief and recovery programs to monitor the ceasefire and contain potential hostilities to oversee security, demobilization, and disarmament, and encourage the peace process through cancellation, mediation, and good offices. All in all, the Security Council authorizes the appointment of 4,219 peacekeeping troops to bring security in the conditions of anarchy and violence and engulf the entire country. However, having only a peacekeeping mandate, they could not be deployed outside Mogadishu since various de facto Somali authorities refused to concur and conditions were such to make the dispatch of lightly armed soldiers unacceptably dangerous. The major humanitarian effort that the non-governmental organizations and UN agencies were seeking to carry out came to a practical halt under these circumstances, action was taken that set not only an important precedent but provided a new definition of international security in the post Cold War. The United States government, spurred by the vivid media portrayal of the horrors of famine and violence in Somalia, informed Security General Bartros Ghali on November 25, 1992, that the Security Council or to decide to authorize member states to use forceful means to ensure the delivery of relief supplies to the people of Somalia, the United States would be ready to take the lead in organizing and command in such an operation. Now, when they was on peacekeeping, you just got to protect your stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can't really go out hunting nobody. The United States was hands-on. They said, listen, and y'all take the gloves off and let us get out there and get to putting in this work on them. We'll join in and get y'all some real military backup. So the United States, um, the United States will be ready to take the lead in organizing and commanding such an operation. The United States was prepared to provide as many as 32,000. Now remember, look, listen, the U.N. had brought in 4,219 troops. The United States said we got 32,000 soldiers to throw over there right now for the enterprise. Hold up. The United States was, provided to, was prepared to provide as many as 32,000 troops for the enterprise. Just the day before, the Secretary General had just had addressed a letter to the Sec- Security Council President, in which he described the gravity of the situation in Somalia. He ended up. He ended by saying that the conditions that have developed in Somalia make it exceedingly difficult for the United Nations operation to achieve the objectives approved by the Security Council. I am given urgent consideration to this state of affairs and do not exclude the possibility that it may become necessary to review the basic premises and principles of the United Nations efforts in Somalia. This is precisely what the American Action 410 and Security Council to do. The question was posed. What can the United Nations legitimately undertake to stop an interstate conflict or major humanitarian catastrophe when traditional peacekeeping is inadequate? The Security General put this question to the Security Council in the form of five options. One, to continue efforts to deploy a larger peacekeeping force that would operate according to the existing principles and practices of United Nations peacekeeping operations. He did not feel this would be an adequate response to the humanitarian crisis in Somalia. Two, to abandon the idea of using international military personnel to protect humanitarian activities, withdraw the existing peacekeeping force, and leave the humanitarian agencies to negotiate the best arrangements they could with the various factions and clan leaders. He excluded this withdrawal option with the conclusion that the current difficulties were due to the presence of the peacekeepers, but to the fact that not another of them were there and they did not have the right mandate. Three, to undertake a show of force in Mogadishu in the expect, expectation that this might create a condition for the safe delivery of humanitarian relief and deter various arms groups. Um, armed groups there and elsewhere in Somalia from withholding cooperation from the United Nations to carry out a countrywide enforcement operation undertaken by a group of member states authorized to do so by the Security Council. Five, to undertake a countrywide enforcement operation under the United Nations command and control He noted that the secretary did not have the capability to command and control an operation of the size and urgency required by the crisis. Member states contributing troops for the operation would therefore have to provide not only troops but also personnel for the command and control uh, headquarters in the field and in New York. Moreover, they would have to accept that that the staff officers would take orders from the United Nations and not from their national authorities. And I always heard that that New York City was the, was uh, really belonged to the United Nations, and that that was the capital. of United. That, well, that is the capital of United Nations right there. That's the head. That's the world headquarters. That's a, that's interesting right there. But you see, these crackers are playing. The general, say, listen, man, hold up. We ain't talking about withdrawing because we already got people there. Problem is we ain't got enough people. Then we ain't going back. We not asking them to do the right thing. None of that. We need to bolster up the troops, bring them in, crack some heads. Then we'll get the peace that we're looking for. Right? He said. Um, Boto's got Galin emphasized that there was no alternative but to resort to Chapter Seven of the Charter. That is enforcement. He preferred that if forceful action was taken, it would it'd be under U.N. command and control. If the op, fourth option was chosen instead, he suggested various means of linking the operation to the United Nations. The countries undertaking the actions could be asked to furnish the Security Council with the regular reports, for example, on the basis of which the Council could specify, spec, specify intervals, review the authority it had given for the operation to take place. The council might also clearly establish the purpose of the operation and provide that as soon as the purpose was accomplished, the operation would be replaced by a U.N. peacekeeping operation. The security general obviously has some of the unsatisfactory aspects of the
1: conduct of the Gulf War in mind. All right, the security council unanimously voted
3: in favor of option four, welcoming the United States all offer and authorizing the member states cooperating in the implementation of the offer to use all necessary means to establish as soon as possible a secure environment for humanitarian relief operations in Somalia. In a notable vague paragraph, the council authorized the security general and the member states Yeah. and the member states concerned to make the necessary arrangements for the unified command and control of the forces involved, which will reflect the offer referred to above, the American offer. The United States informally proposed to carry out the action under the U.N. flag, but Boutros Ghali opposed this under the ground that the U.N. would not actually be in control. The Somalia resolution contained the following preambula, paragraph that is of major significance. Determining that the magnitude of the human tragedy caused by the conflict in Somalia, further exasperated by the obstacles being created for the quick distribution of humanitarian assistance, constitutes a threat to international peace and security. Hmm.
1: What's happening in Somalia is going to
3: mess the world up. So in saying that, we need to do option four, which is to carry out a countrywide enforcement operation taken by a group member states authorized to do so by the Security Council. So the United States came in and found a way The bully themselves right on up in there and said, look, we're taking over. And they voted yes, give it to them, let the United States take over send them in there to do whatever they do, which is rape, rob, steal, plumage, uh, uh, what they say, uh, plunder, you know what I'm saying, that's what it is, pillage, plunder, you know what I'm saying, a straight barbarian shit, anything that you got when they get up in here. That's, my father was in the Army, he told me, that's the that's that's MO, man. we not a company that saved nothing. Run through your house with a tank If the tank can go through your house Don't care if baby's in there, whatever you Run through your shit No problem So this is what they This is what they uh, Voted for To go into Somalia Now 1992, remember we had the soldiers Getting killed by the Somalians out there you know what I'm saying So now this is what's going on You got You got You
1: uh, got You, know, you got the Security Council, so creating guidelines
3: uh for a country without not even being in
1: control of what's going on in the country, and as you see, what they said, determining the
3: that the magnitude of a human tragedy caused by the conflict in Somalia further exasperated by the obstacles being created for the quick distribution of humanitarian assistance constitutes a threat to international peace and security. You know what I mean? So I wonder how they make that that, that determination You know, and as as um James Dobson says in the next paragraph, he just goes over that there's never been, you know, nobody ever heard of um. He it it says this was the first time that an international humanitarian crisis had been defined as a threat to international peace and security, security, justifying. But when they said that. It was a threat to international peace and security. It justified the use of enforcement measures under Chapter 7 of the Charter. The use of all appropriate force was authorized to enforce compliance with the ceasefire agreement and put an end to violence as necessary
1: to permit the safe delivery of humanitarian assistance. Let me let me check the line real quick. So I'm messing around out here and even opening up the line. Mm -hmm. Right, boss. Black Power. So I'm, mm-hmm.
3: okay. I'm just putting in some notes on how on how the United mm-hmm. Nations and uh you know the world mm-hmm. deal with our people over there in Africa and just an outline of how they dealing with them there, what the thoughts and how they deal with just people in general. There, black um, Power,
2: family Black Power, how y'all doing?
3: Powell, right, what's going on, family? How are you, Chief?
2: Chilly, chilling, man. All
3: right. So um, like I said, I was putting this putting in a uh just a couple passages from this United Nations and the maintenance of international security by this uh cracker named Jay Sutherland, who was a uh, um you know, he was on the United Nations Security Council, was a uh, uh security for the head of the for the head general there. Did a uh, did a lot of different work back and forth with international forms and things of that nature. So he wrote a uh, a book describing different different aspects of um, international um, militaristic ideas and how they deal with uh, different countries. And so what I'm doing is just reading one section where they're talking about how they were dealing with Somalia regards
1: to, um, repelling
2: aggression and enforcing peace. Oh,
3: enforcing peace, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they already, like I, like I was just reading when I said enforcing peace, you know, the first thing I was saying earlier is that, you know, when you say enforcing peace, that means they got some guns and some bullets flying come with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. How else you gonna do it? Yeah, you it.
3: You can't enforce nothing without you got to have the hardware for that if you're enforcing peace. But um, hold on, hold on one second. I gotta find out
1: what's the name of, where this uh gotta get the unit tab. I don't know what this. I don't know what this um. All right, all right, United, all right, all right, I got it, all right.
3: All right, here we go, here we go. Let me get back to this real quick. And
1: um, let me see. We'll <clears throat> read this last
3: paragraph one more time. This was the first time that an international humanitarian crisis have been defined as a threat to international peace and security, justifying the use of enforcement measures under Chapter 7 of the the Charter. The use of all appropriate force was authorized to enforce compliance with the ceasefire agreement and put an end to violence as necessary to permit the safe delivery of humanitarian assistance. The mission of the American-led operation from the United Task Force was limited to establishing a secure environment for humanitarian relief operations in Somalia. Despite the strongly expressed views of the Secretary General Boutro Ghali that it should also be responsible for disarming the various armed factions, the mission having the advantage of the most modern arms and well-trained soldiers was successfully Accomplished with few casualties. <coughs> Excuse me. Free, yeah. free movement for relief shipments was restored, except for that, except for the northern, self-declared independent portion of Somalia that had been had not been included in the United Task Force operation. Starvation was eliminated, and a complementary effort to establish the basis for peace. The Secretary General convened a preparatory meeting in Addis Ababa for a national reconciliation conference in which a total of 14 Somali political movements took part. Agreement was reached on implementing the ceasefire and on modalities of disarmament. Subsequently, the National Reconciliation Conference opened also in Addis Ababa on March 15, 1993. And on March 27, the Ababa agreements were signed that constituted the basis for the resolution of the political problems of Somalia. It appeared that the worst of the Somali crisis might be over, although the extensive arms still in the hands of the various factions was an evident cause for concern. In, in his proposals, the Security Council for the UN force to replace UNITAB Butros Gali recommended that the task recommended that the task of the replacement UN force Brother
2: Boyle. Yeah. Oh. When you... I, I didn't hear you uh, fully, but when you said the idea about... Addis
3: Ababa? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going
4: to go back. Me... A... I mentioned not
2: mention Addis Ababa. I was trying to hear what what would you said. That, right. That's
4: Ethiopia,
2: correct?
3: Huh? Yeah, that's Ethiopia. I... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a they held a um, they said they held a national reconciliation conference in Addis Ababa on March fifteenth, nineteen ninety three, and on March twenty seventh, and on March twenty seventh, the Addis Ababa agreements were signed that constituted the basis for the resolution of the political problems of Somalia. It appeared that the worst of the Somalia crisis might be over, although the extensive arms still in the hands of the various factions was an evident cause for concern. In his proposals, the Secretary Council for the UN Force to replace UNITAF, Boutros Ghali recommended that the task of the replacement UN Force should include the following: one, they need they need to monitor uh, to monitor compliance with the cessation of hostilities and all other agreements to which the parties have agreed; two take appropriate action against any faction that violates or threatens to violate the succession of hostilities. Three, to maintain control of the heavy weapons of the organized factions pending their destruction or transfer to a newly constituted national army. Four, to seize the arms of all unauthorized armed elements and assist in the regulation and security of such arms. Five, to maintain the security of all ports, airports, and lines of communications required for the delivery of humanitarian assistance. Six, to protect the personnel installations and equipment of the UN and non governmental humanitarian organizations and take such forceful action as may be required to neutralize armed elements that attack or threaten to attack such facilities and personnel, pending the establishment of a new Somali police force which can assume this responsibility.
2: All right. Uh what? but could you could you post that link? Link in uh chill out.
3: No, nah, it's not a link. It's a it's a book that I got. Oh,
2: okay, okay. Okay. Yeah,
3: it's a book that I got. My it's I uh, I don't even know. I don't uh I got it out of out of like I said, I got it out of free library. You know what I'm saying? Over here by Yale. I seen it in there, and I said, I doubt it don't look like it needed to be in here," and snatched it up. And so it's a it's a uh, interesting read. Mm. Then they go. On, uh, let me see. Seven is to continue the program for mind clearing, and eight is to assist in the rep- repatriation of refugees and displaced persons within Somalia. Um. Mm. Now, they saying, you know, and then it went on to just talk about how this was a large mandate to be taken on by the United Task Force. Um, they said that, you know, it's still a threat to international security, and the Security Council earlier found to exist still persisted. Um, because what they're saying is that, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to shut the people down. This is why, in the first thing they said, you got to monitor compliance with the secession of hostilities. That automatically, you can't monitor the the compliance with people not shooting without arms. So they were
2: just
3: saying, look, man, we want to hold, we want to make sure that we still got an army here on the ground, boots on the ground, ready to shoot people immediately. And that's basically what they were saying. You know, like I said, again, they're saying, look, uh, the the second part that, like the like the first part was to monitor compliance with the secession of hostilities and other and and all other agreements to which the parties have agreed two to take appropriate action against any faction that violates or threatens to violate the secession of hostilities <clears throat> they said threaten. you understand this is what they also put this down here the the not only did they say threaten them, they also, in the sixth bulletin point, they made is that they there to protect personnel, to protect the personnel installation and equipment of the U.N. That means that they got the right to kill you. Maybe. To neutralize you for equipment. Equipment, that means the boot. That means if you put your hand on the car, Whatever. This is what they got a right to execute you. For any to to protect the personnel installations and equipment of the UN and non governmental humanitarian organization It takes such forceful action as may be required to neutralize armed elements that attack or threatens to attack such facilities and personnel pending the establishment of a new Somali police force which can assume this responsibility. Now he got emphasis on this. Even the white man put emphasis on he put emphasis on and take such forceful action as may be required to neutralize. See now it's they armed elements, right? It's they armed elements that attack or threaten to attack. Now, if you threaten to attack, you ain't got to know if they are or not. You can just suspect. They threaten to attack.
1: They ain't got to. Be, they ain't got to be armed. You can think that they was armed. And then, what else do they got in there? The same thing they doing with
3: the seize all the arms. We need to seize all the arms. We need all the arms. Uh, all unauthorized armed elements. And
2: we need uh, uh, not to speak. and we need they the only ones with.
3: Yup, yeah, already. We're going to be the only ones with them. Drinks. But yeah, that's a little piece that I wanted to read out of, one, out of, you know, I just wanted to throw something in military. Just read something out of, you know, we ain't getting no reading in a while, man. So I just wanted to read something. You know, if you got anything that you you got around did you know you got a nice passage or something that you like to read? Um, just, just hit the people with some information, keep them informed about uh, plans, plots, and strategies of our enemies. We are we must understand what he what, you know we must understand his mind state also with his military mind state. So it's good sometimes to get in that.
1: A lot of times to be in that right now. That should be the only mind state you in, matter of fact. Like I said, Black Power to the
3: family out here. It's St. Tank Thursday. That's so what we doing. You know, I'm just uh, we got a little. We doing a little bit of reading. So uh, as I said, if you got a, a passage or two that you like to, you like to read from uh, um, some work that you that you know you don't read in. And you think that, you know, his family might be interested in police, do by all means put it in for the record. If not, I will continue. Let me see here. I got
1: several, I got several words. I have seven different jobs. Let me open my chat room back up. And yeah, family, you know, uh, I got it muted early right now because I'm
3: a, i uh, am I just don't want to deal with. It. So when you come in, if you come in and you're line muted and you don't, uh you know you don't get right on, then just give me a moment. And I'll get you on in. Because I really don't want to deal with the nonsense of people being able to just come on in and bust, bust open in the mic. So right now we got it locked down, but we'll
1: open it back up later. Mm. Yeah, uh, for the board, though, uh, doesn't that...
2: Uh United Nations, man, I'm trying to, cause that that, that just runs the uh like a memory in my head when you talking about United Nations they deal over there in that area, and I mean don't don't you do the don't they come from the League of Nations?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That started with the League
2: of Nations. You know, I, I I gotta remember, man. Right, man, cause it was I was just. Damn, but when was I watch, man. It was talking about how the League of Nations was putting this bullshit in that in that same area. Yeah. No, that's you know what I'm saying? It. Had they focused on that same area. Uh-huh. No, you, you right about that. You're right about that, brother.
3: You're right about that. Uh
4: huh
2: Uh, like you that. always talk about man that 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 spot right there is is too uh too powerful. You know what I'm saying? Of a spot, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Dead. They always going you're right about
3: that. They always did for some reason. You know what I mean? It like they always
2: end up. Hold on, hold on.
3: Like they
1: always end up right there fighting. Yep. Want us to kill ourselves all right there. Even to
2: the propaganda where they, you know what I'm saying, calling our people in that area pirates and shit. You know what I'm saying? Making movies about people in that area, like like we just foul or stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know Like they thing, not like they not people protecting their area.
3: And you know, and one of the things is is that you know how the way that Somalia is, right? If you control that, if you control Somalia, at least they board at least that border right there. You got a lot of power because you know. That's the opening to the Red Sea. Right? Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so you okay. got you got world power, international power. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, if you can get that spot right there.
3: For people who don't want to go around to get to get out there to India, you got control of, of that waterway, and also you just you really holding Ethiopia. You got Ethiopia in a bind right there. They got a nice little piece of, it's a nice coastline. Somalia got a nice little piece of that coastline right there at that horn. So you're right, you're right. There's always some some fighting and turmoil going
2: on there. The United Nations always want to get in, right? Yeah, because because they were speaking of this spot right here, this uh, the spot right to the North for, Ethiopia, Eritrea. Uh huh. They was talking about how. Uh, God damn! Trying to man. See, I was just watching. You know what I was? Watch- I can tell you what I was watching. It, what I was watching. You know, as the reference, and people can just go and look at it for themselves. <laughs> but uh, I was watching the uh, Mary Jo uh lecture on on aging. Uh, Kushites and the black and the black lines, and that's the area she was speaking on right here. You know what I'm saying? She was talking about how the League of Nations, the uh, League of Nations niggas was was uh, set up this Eritrean spy right here for that for that reason. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get control of that that coastline in that area right there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trying to work their way down and get control of Somalia and get control of that, like you're talking about that strategic area right there. I know my brother Mick, I right, he like to talk on on this map a lot, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm seeing it, I could really just see like, you know, how much power you can have right there. See. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because that, that gets you on the inside to, you know, being able to get to Egypt, being able to get to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Man. All that trade, anything that,
3: any, you know, they're not going to carry it across land. You know, they're sitting on them big barges across the sea. You know what I'm saying? So all that stuff coming from up out of China, India, all that shit right there in that Pacific Ocean area shipped on them big barges. This shit coming right up through the, it's coming right up through the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. If you got control of that, you got control there. If you got control of Somalia right there, you got a large project because on the other side you got Yemen, and as long as the United Nations is in one spot or the other, you got them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yup. And also with the, you know. It's a
3: barrier on Ethiopia. If you've got that, you can you, you holding up trade there. you hold holding up, you know, like I said, they take a nice little piece of the coastline right there, Somalia, how they got it mapped
2: off. And then, I mean, Ethiopia in itself is, is a, uh, you know, we look at that as a social pride kind of, you know what I'm saying? In the in a strong sense, we look at that as a, you know, uh Something we can all rally around and say, you know, Ethiopia was never colonized, type thing. You know what I'm saying? So they know shit, if you got them, you got them get Ethiopia, you get that area right there. You kind of curse the spirit. Hmm. World
3: conquest. World
1: conquest is still the name of the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying right there, okay.
2: You. you know, it's it's just like uh with Haiti, you know what I'm saying? And with Haiti it would always be be uh wars and stuff like that in that area just for the same reason. This the first this the spot that lets you through. You know what I'm saying?
1: You get control of that spot you get control of a lot. I'm saying? It's just, you know, it's, all, it's always about man grab. It's like
3: playing chess, you know what I'm saying? While everybody else playing checkers.
2: Exactly. Exactly, man. You know, and I be thinking about like how, um, you know, like w- when we look at, we look at our, at our area, you know, we can only see it from one view, but then you'll see these motherfuckers come out with the with the view from the air, you know, that's like a whole nother, like you're looking at a whole nother thing.
1: You see, they come with a whole nother strategy. I was watching the show today, talking about, uh, uh, border, border,
2: border wars. I think that was the name of it. border war. Yeah, border wars. And when they showing, the, when they showing the laws going in and and, and getting these niggas, they looking at it from a uh, their satellite view. You know what I'm saying? And man, that neighborhood looked totally different. You could see how easy they could just. Come in, and you know what I'm saying. From the ooh, 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 ooh. box, you in real quick. You don't even
4: know.
3: So they got some eyes on us. Right about that, you're right about that, brother Tim. You know, we really don't be seeing the perspective of how the world is because we 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 stay in such one place all the time. You know. Uh, Conversation went to that you know We are talking about Africa But The uh, Sister is talking her sister says uh, You know Sister says To the queen She says You know Her sister actually was like Y'all listen I, um, Her friend telling her Look you don't want to go to Africa Because There's all type of wars And turmoil going on You know what I'm saying Now And you know She was like Africa, you know, and when you say that, that, that gives you the false thought that the whole continent is just was, set
2: ablaze, yep. you know what I'm saying, like
3: the whole yep. is on fire, and I'm like, yo, listen, I'm like, look, y'all gotta really understand that, look, we in Connecticut, I'm like, look, Connecticut, a little state, I said, but you see how big it is, when you go outside of here, you like, I said, yo, you understand that you can go a whole United States away from one side of the United States to another, still being Africa.
2: right. I said,
3: so don't tell me that there's war all, all over? I said, come on, it's too
2: big. Too big for that. I like you it. can't find one place where ain't no war? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can't find one place, man, where, 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 you know what I'm saying, there's peace.
3: Yeah, so, yeah right, a
2: little bit of peace. You can't find
3: one. I'm like, come on man, this this is the size of you can go a whole United States away. And I I think that a lot of times we don't really see that perspective. We don't we don't look at it like that. Let alone if you start to show the depictions of the cities there that, you know, people don't mm-hmm. want convenience. Like you can't go to shit, you can go to goddamn Africa and be Kentucky fried chicken there too,
4: nigga. That bill <laughs> See God you, goddamn right. I don't know
3: what do you think thinking, but Kentucky
2: Fried chicken, Burger King, McDonald's, and all that shit. McDonald's and all that shit is right
3: there in Africa too. Trust, they got running water. You can flush the water.
2: People got elevators, escalators in the mall. You know, you know, you know that's the that's the prop that's, that's the that's the shows the strength of the propaganda, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Look, man, every night when you go to sleep, man, you know what I'm saying, especially when we was young, every night when you go to sleep, you going to see the goddamn commercial saying, feed the kids in Africa, man. Oh, y'all you know them. what I'm saying? This nigga going to have a goddamn fly on his eyeball. He yeah. going to have a fat ass stomach. He going to have a white boy sitting right here with some sad music. So I'm saying, to the normal kid mind, or to the normal person mind, they don't understand media propaganda. They all they seeing is the dollar a day. You feel me? That shit ain't even about the dollar a day. They don't give do a fuck about dollar a day. This is about spreading the image, man. These motherfuckers over here is dirt-ass poor. God.
3: That's God.
1: stronger than your dollar a day. What you saying, man? All oh, this is
2: poor Because so, so, what, what we see every time, man, every time they came in, what we see it was the missionaries. That's how niggas is that's on the commercials. They just the missionary motherfuckers come in you know what I'm saying?
3: They bringing them. It, it's
2: so it's so poor out here. We have to help. We have to help.
3: you Africans, and now listen, these Africans are so poor. They ain't like these starving kids from Africa. You never know just where are they from. Where are they from? Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's starving like a Somali, and what is you starving like? That's what they used to say. They, I, I swear, guys used to say you're starving like a Somali. <laughs> you
4: know
3: I'm saying, I wonder how that came about. But anyway, they'll still have you be like, oh, you're starving like an African. You know I'm saying, like, you know, and 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 those and those depictions go to the mind to tell you that listen, something is wrong in Africa. There's got to be all of it. Cause why, what? How come they can't help them? You know what I'm saying? Yep. They can't help them. Why is practice
4: there
2: to help them? They can't help them. That's, it. That's your that meant to tug at your heart, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it do its job. It do its job. But the other job that it's supposed to do is to is to make you feel like it's okay for America to go in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like now we have the reason for America to go in there. Yeah, we got to help.
3: We got to help. We got to help.
2: They just over there helping. Yeah, They're not over you. there mass massacring, motherfuckers.
3: No, you listen. feel me? No, look, man. They bringing the new shit in, which is the packaging. You, I just seen this cracker just got time for raping about 12 kids, six boys and six girls,
4: I
2: that's
3: craziness, bro. Over there doing missionary work. You know That's
4: crazy
3: They got pictures of the cracker with all the kids all over He over here doing missionary work. He raping them Now, this is the second one that got, yo, listen, man. This is the second, yo. Know, they had the other priest, well, he was a priest at at BYU court going to have sex with a baby in Mexico. I
2: heard about
4: that shit. Nah. Heard about that shit.
2: Yeah, this now man. now now we gotta ask, how many motherfucking places is it like that?
4: Huh? Nah, doing...
2: fucking cracker ass crackers is paying to go and goddamn you know what I'm saying? Do
1: this do this kind of shit. Didn't get caught. How many doing didn't get caught, right?
2: Man, look, man. When 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 you read when 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 the book about uh I don't want to say the book like it's the only book, but in King Leopold' Ghost, right? When he talks about when he talks about these missionaries coming in to the Congo, right? He talks about these motherfuckers being the perverse motherfuckers, man. But they looking at this world, they looking at this area as 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 like. A kid in the candy store, man. hmm You know what I'm saying? We can just fuck how many of these motherfucking babies we want to. See, that's some bullshit. That's... These motherfuckers, man, is fucked up in the head, bro. Out of control, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, now, ain't no bringing them back. Ain't no bringing them back. Ain't no bringing them back, bro. When you go over there, when, no, you
1: man, know man, what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't
3: no saving these motherfuckers, man.
2: That's what they were seeing that shit as. A motherfucking, a kid in the candy store. I can have as many as I want. That's some sick shit, bro. But then on the other hand, you promote it as we over here doing God's work. It's the same old story, bro. It's the same old story playing out. Over
1: and over and
5: over and over, man. Black Power. Um, I don't know if y'all seen the episode on South Park, because I always wondered if that was true. They had the uh, Super Adventures Club, and it was a club of, of men that would go around and have sex with all the kids in in different areas of the world. Y'all, y'all ever see that?
3: Wait, be and, now to how many kids seen on South Park. How many things have we seen on South Park that was the actual fact?
2: That was true. For real. Yeah. For
3: real. Yeah. For real. Uh, oh, They're going to blow the cover on that. I'm saying, listen, listen. When they went back and showed me, look, man, look, this South Park shit, that shit is just all these little cartoons. Now, this shit right here, these, these motherfuckers setting us up. You watch these cartoons and, and – it ain't everything. You see that's the thing about it. It ain't everything that they say that's coming. But they put it up in there that you like, damn, when you go back and hindsight, you like, oh man, look at this shit, what the fuck? You like, did they show us this? That should
2: be that shit end up being
3: true. Huh? Yeah, I I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that that wasn't. Matter of fact, uh didn't Judge Scalia didn't the didn't the judge die. At one of these exclusive little hunting clubs like that? Huh? What was me? they hunting? The most dangerous game? What was they hunting? But He died at some exclusive uh, fucking hunting club. Ain't that, what, ain't that what the cracker name was who died a little while ago? The judge?
2: I, I, I can't remember his name. I
1: know the story you told me about, though. That bullshit, man. And then it's like they say, man, they'll do the
2: horrific shit and then put it in the cartoon and have the rest of the world laughing at it.
3: Yeah, I was laughing at it.
2: Shit crazy. <laughs>
3: yup, yeah, I was laughing at it. You know what I'm saying? Bringing that shit right to life inside our house. We laughing at our own destruction. All that whole that right. That whole Sesame Street, all that shit, man, all that shit. That shit does some of the that's some of the most fucked up shit ever. To have us watching these motherfucking Ethiopian generals, these generals were Italian generals who went in there to try to slaughter our goddamn people in Ethiopia. Be rewarded. For that goddamn uh show to teach your babies. That's crazy.
2: That that's crazy right there, man.
1: Because
2: yeah. with the Italians you talking about Mussolini, right?
4: Yeah.
2: That's 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 out of fucking control, man. Now
3: that's y'all
2: look that at. man went over there and goddamn me massacred
1: niggas. Hmm. Yeah. Uh um...
2: Well let me let me get that right, let me say that right. Try attempt it to. Attempt
3: it too.
2: Yeah, attention, my bad family.
3: You know, when you start to look up the, uh, when you start to look at the generals, they they are are some of the characters in some of these shows.
2: I never I never knew that, brother boy, man. That's uh, that's crazy.
3: Nah, I learned that from the priest, brother priest Isaac. I said that, yo, you gotta check this, you gotta check this shit out, man. I'm uh, priest Isaac. Fairy tales, folly days, and nursery crimes. I'm gonna put this shit. In the, I'm gonna put it in the chat room. I'm t- I'm gonna put it in the back room. And I'm telling you, friend, you got to watch this shit. This this is some intense. This y'all, you know, this this shit is intense right here. What? What he do? The breakdown he do? Man, you'd be saying Rasta far right after you finish watching this. <laughs> Black no, cat, man. Man. what the fuck where you come with this shit from I'm oh, right there black man you... the dread drops it he drops the jewels up there you know what I'm saying he put me on to Elmo Bertrand being uh, you know Ernie Ernest Bertrand Ernesto Bertrand or whatever his name is that's what I believe Ernesto Bertrand being Ernie and Bert ah you
2: know? uh,
4: ah
3: uh. <laughs> You know what I'm
2: saying? Um,
3: what else he put us on too? Um,
2: the fucking because and and I can believe that shit, but the Wright, right because they was talking about other things that they had that was coming. At the, I mean, like other uh, they was talking about the Joe Lewis fight. Mm-hmm. They was talking about it, he was supposed to represent the Ethiopia and the motherfucker he knocked out. Who was the nigga he knocked out uh, for the for the? fuck a white boy. Um, Whatever his name. Is. Was it Dempsey or some One of the motherfuckers. Know what I'm saying? Was supposed to be, to, to be the, the Italian. The Italians mm-hmm. These motherfuckers playing that shit out in our face, man. Yeah.
3: Playing right out in your face. These motherfuckers during that war, that's when they let the Italians go fight for Italy, but then wouldn't let black people go fight for Ethiopia. Go
2: fight for Ethiopia. Exactly, man. Yeah.
3: You know, they kind of ain't shit. crazy. No, that ain't shit. But you know what I'm saying? He put me on the that. He put me on the Rudolph Graziani. How uh, he's another general from the goddamn war. Who, who they turned into the Red Nose oh. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. Damn, man. It's a very, it's a very enlightening. Uh, documentary that and do cross-reference and see exactly what he's talking about and see where it's coming from. Did an excellent breakdown on Pinocchio,
2: Winnie the Pooh. Right. Went on. And then, I mean, it, it would make perfect sense, though, you did, because what they say is they trying to get your, your kid's mind before they hit the age of three. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, before, they, you know what I'm saying? I said at the age of three. I meant the third grade. Before they get to third grade, they try to already had a nigga mom.
4: Mhm.
3: I'm already with the program, man. Look, you with the program. You with us. Don't worry, no. You with us. We got you. You with us now. Like you said from the beginning, they don't want no. They don't want no. Uh, they don't want no problems, no, mis- no misunderstandings. They definitely want your child to know that, listen, man, we- your place is to be with us. And you know? mm-hmm. make them feel wrong. and make them feel like they got to rebel against you. Because you think the opposite of what they, you know what I mean? You looking out for their well being is not being taught to them. They're not taught to. Mm-hmm. They're not taught that parents look out for their for um their children' well-being. You can see that, like you said, through a lot of the shows and stuff that we've shown. The parents are dumb, don't know no better. Yeah. Hell, no you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always doing something ridiculous. Got to chastise them. The black man always, if he a father, he's silly as hell. You know what
4: I'm
3: saying? Mhm. You know, black woman whooping on his head. He can't say nothing. She using she using sex threats on him and all type of shit in the show. That's what they also do. That you know what I'm saying? They they. They how that sex is the weapon type of thing. So what you're already implanting in the woman mind the girl mind that her that's, that's what her power is. Now it is a power in the vagina, but that's not what you're supposed to be just using it for you know, that's just, that's just you yeah. That, yeah. It. yeah you know what I'm saying. You try to trap men and that's all that's all you
1: or that's all you got that's working is your vagina. A powerful weapon it is, but don't don't use it in the wrong manner. But yeah, they definitely force a lot of that bullshit on us. Uh, I had a hello. Yeah, no, nah, I'm looking for my. Marcus
3: Garvey. One of my Garveys out. So I'm in here by Garvey real quick. I'm a Garvey. I just had it. So exactly what happened to it? Well, Black House family, you know the lines is lines is open. Think Tank Thursday. Hold on. Oh no, the lines are not open.
4: Excuse me. The lines
3: are
1: not open. I'll go ahead and check them, check them down, check them once and twice. All right, let me see here. Um, oh yeah, all right. All right. Holds it up and ain't even on the page no more. Get this way. Right.
3: Read this to y'all, this is the oath, read this to y'all real quick, the oath of the School of African Philosophy, this is from, uh, this, is, this is out of the, this is a companion, this is from my companion to the Marcus Garvey Universal Negro Improvement Association papers,
1: Marcus Garvey Life and Lessons. Page 183, Oath of the School of Philosophy, of
3: the School of African Philosophy. It starts off, I, your name, do solemnly swear before Almighty God that I have entered upon the instructions of the African School of Philosophy, conducted by Marcus Garvey, No other purpose than to serve the Negro race through the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Communities League, of which he is President General, and that I shall not use the knowledge so gained to promote or advance the interests of any other organization. I shall confine myself always to the service of the United Negro Improvement Association and work within the framework of the organization for any promotion. I may desire for the improvement of, of my race. I shall never divulge or reveal any of these lessons I receive to anyone. I shall never allow the lessons or records thereof to fall into the hands of anyone. and shall safeguard the same with my life from falling into the hands of other races. I shall always use all my energy and ability to advance the interests of the Universal Negro Improvement Association. I shall be in rebellion against it. And to all this, I swear myself my honor and sacred trust, trust and should. I fell this oath. May the judgment board be meted out to out to, to help me God. Um, Morgan you know, uh, the great the great ancestor, the honorable Morgan Garvey had, you know, he said, Look, man, we're gonna have to make sure that we come under some type of agreement. Mm.
4: At this
3: point in time it was you know, you had a lot of freelance type of uh, things going on. This was 1937. You understand, you know. So there was a lot of the freelancers out there, a lot of uh, uh, this type of side, that size. So he wanted the people to know that, listen, when we start moving forward on this African thing, you can't all of a sudden turn Asiatic halfway through. So this is the main thing that he was really battling against during his time period was the Africans not only the Africans who wanted to uh to destroy him because he was thinking African, but the Africans who were coming under the that initial guise of Asiatic. Mhm. Not
4: wanting
2: to be Africans.
3: Yeah. Not way. wanting
2: to be Africans.
3: Mhm. Wanted you to be clear on what's going on. Look this is what it is. And we're not going no other way. I
1: say to that. Yeah, I definitely, yeah,
3: say to that.
2: Because um. as you can see, that's exactly what's the happened We're watching it now. Where everybody now can come in and say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian because because Garvey was a Christian. Uh, goddamn, a Muslim. Cause don't you don't y'all love uh, Malcolm? He's a Muslim. Don't y'all love Khalid? He was
1: a Muslim.
4: Yeah, but but then Goddamn everybody sitting next. They're arguing
2: against each other. Once you get to it, man, and we just all agree that we are that we African. You feel me? Uh, we can I, push on from there. Of course, but
3: is always want to bring. You all want to bring one. Let it be known that you's a Muslim. You got to let us know
4: that you're a Christian. And you know, I went to, Yeah. I went to a drink today, right? I went to
3: a little. You know what I'm saying? we putting together like I said last week we putting together a little we're putting together a little coalition doing you know what I mean got a couple of powerful brothers in there. Good sisters, you know what I'm saying, come um, through. And so um, last week, right? there was a brother there the brother was like, yo, you know, we gonna um say a prayer or some shit, right? right? So they just like, nah man, nobody said no prayers. like, yo something, but hats off. They just, nah, man, nobody's taking their hat off. I don't why with all that. That's so, right. So, I'm like, I said, all right. We're going to clean this up. Because there's only one dude. Now, the, the elder, I don't know what, uh, you know, I was, this was my first time being there, so I'm just filling everybody out. So we come back, reconvene today, before we even get to or anybody to say anything, I'm like, yo, look, check this out, man. We're not doing
1: none of that. Mm. <laughs> like, I say. Listen, man. Before we even start this, now we might as well set this off that. Look, man. We only
3: giving praise to the ancestors. Anything else, man? We're not doing, man. Brother said, well, that's fine with me. Fine with you. Well, and the other brothers was already, See, they had already done. They it.
2: they already been feeling like that.
3: Yeah, the other brother, yeah. other brother, yeah. The other brother don't really look, man. I said, look, I, said, I can't do that, man. I said, so if we're going to do it, I'll open and close with the praise to the ancestors. If we going to do this. All right. Y'all okay, then. I'll come right there. Praise now, turn to go to God. <laughs>
4: huh, Ha, He's going to hold the Baby, I'm going to hold It's over. Man. Like pals. <laughs>
3: Now
1: we're
3: going to set it off with the right spirit. Let's get the movie down. All this other shit ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, know, it's a nice little thing going on, man. Some of the little wilder uh, uh, elders, you know, some of the little wilder ones
4: out there. Why why
2: they close their eyes to pray? White folks walking away with the land, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the Bible. We got the Bible. The Bible. Man, none of that.
3: None of that gonna work. None of that gonna work. The one brother who was the main
2: part of that. The main part of that is when they bowed their head to pray while their eyes was closed. Shit, the motherfucker riding your ass blind.
3: Uh huh. Cause you of the goddamn you dreaming of the white Jesus. You're dreaming of the white Christmas.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: you're dreaming of heaven. And when you're dreaming of heaven in the sky, he getting this shit on the earth.
2: He getting his right here.
3: Yep. Yeah. you looking for time. <laughs> We're getting
1: his right now. Okay. Um,
3: damn. I you know... It's a little lengthy.
1: It's a little lengthy. I want to put in the articles, though. One thing that would have to be changed, though,
3: is to update the. We couldn't have no songs in there
2: I don't know jehovah I hear you brother boy what you said? I
3: said we have to update the uh we have to update the articles we're uh, dealing with uh the preamble from the u n i a you know if you were to take this as a model and want to move forward you have to you'll have to update it some. So they got a song in there to Jehovah, and that just ain't going to work. But it's really... Hell been, no. It's not a song to Jehovah. It's the Ethiopian national anthem. Because, you know, at that point in time, that's when it was just, you know, he we was trying to make Africans feel African again and bring us back to some sense of nationality. So they, okay, okay, okay. I
4: did
2: hear. I did.
3: I did. Yeah, uh, so okay. they need an anthem. So they just took the Ethiopian anthem because Ethiopia had been... At that point in time, put, you know, letting people know that they just run up in this joint like that.
2: That, that damn right. That, that damn right. They were
3: holding it down. They were holding it down at this point in time. So they was showing enough
1: respect in that, in that oh, man. Uh, Let me see. All right. Uh, let me let me put this note in here
3: right here. I'm gonna put this in by by the great honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Special notes on intermarriage and race purity. For a rich Negro to marry a poor white is an unpardonable crime and sin. Because we of... <laughs> that shit again. All the those well, these dumbass niggas out here, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like...
4: hey.
3: For a rich Negro to marry a poor white is an unpardonable crime and sin, because it simply means the uh, the transference of the wealth of the race to another, and the ultimate loss of that wealth to that race. It is logically, uh, right. yeah, it is logically evident. That if the Negro is rich, he gained all the most of his wealth from his race. To so ignore, therefore, the opposite sex of his race and intermarry with another race is to commit this crime or this sin for which he should never be pardoned by his race. I say. Ooh, I say.
2: I say, man. All right. Why these motherfuckers out here, man, talking Dude. that
3: bullshit. Oh, look at that! Look at Marcus, listen to Marcus. Marcus is going to break it down. Marcus going to break it down for us. Uh, but, you know, Baba Garvey going to break it down for us. Teach the people to abhor such Negroes and have nothing to do with them so long as they continue in that relationship. This must be done diplomatically. Not to the hearing of the white race. Yeah?
4: This must be done mm. diplomatically. Not to the hearing of the white race. Mm.
3: For safety, let the advice take the term, form of a whisper campaign. Don't say it from the platform, but whisper it right through the neighborhood and never stop it until the burning yo your campaign is felt by the individual so as to learn them a good lesson that others may not do the same thing with their punity. This was back in the day. For a Negro man not to marry someone who does not look like his mother or not a member of his race is to insult his mother. Insult nature and insult God who made his father. The best tribute a race can pay to nature and God is to preserve his species, and when it does otherwise, it is in rebellion. Don't be in rebellion against God or nature or your parents who you know of. They came before you and should have known better. Insist in the campaign of race purity that is doing everything moral and societal within the race and closed ranks against all other races. It is natural that it is a disgrace to mix your race with other races. The splitting up of the race is unwholesome. It doesn't tend to dignify morally the group. It will be a beautiful thing when we have a standard Negro race. And preaching race. Mm. Hold on. Uh, it will be a beautiful thing when we have a standard Negro race. And preaching race purity. Be very careful because it is a delicate subject and that most of the people are ignorant of this idealism. You must never put color within the race against color. You must never insult any color within the race. Whatsoever has happened in the past was without our consent and truly because slavery and the wicked damnation of the white man imposed, imposed upon us moral behavior that we could not restrain. But now that we know better, it is for us to adjust these things within our own race. To teach the people to respect all shades of their own race and never to allow and never to have any prejudice against anyone, whether he is black, brown, yellow, or any shade that the white claims is not white. Never allow any other race to preside over your affairs. If they come as visitors, they must conduct themselves as visitors. They must never have any executive control over you and your affairs because they will always say and do things to suit themselves as against your interests, even though they profess the greatest amount of friendship. If they swear on the Bible, don't believe them.
4: If they Mm. swear on God, don't believe them. Don't believe them. Accept their
3: friendship for all it's worth to you and nothing more. Their interest as a race can never be yours, whether they be European, Asiatics, Jews or what not. Never trust a Jew. Don't let him know that. He is playing the odds against you all the time. He plays with loaded dice. His card is marked and you can never win against him. Make this a secret whispering propaganda in every community where you go into a Negro home. Whisper all the time that the Jew is bad. Flatter him as he flatters you. Flatter him as pain. he robs you. Never give him a square deal because he is never going to give you one. But tell him how much you love him and how kind and nice his people are. Get all you can from him and give him nothing back except good words and pleasant smiles. This is his policy. The policy of the Jew is that if he sees a gentile dying on the pathway and a pity covers his eye, as a hope for recovery, he will take it off and let him die. But he will not do this to a Jew. You have your answer to this. Treat him similarly. Always try to get something from the Jew because he has always robbed you and your fathers, and that he believes he is the chosen of God, and as such, all other men must pay tribute to him. This is false and fictitious. It is Jewish propaganda. Ignore it and let him pay tribute to you. And tribute must be paid. Goddamn black power. I, I'm gonna read that again. I'm read that again. <laughs> Like, that man, that's that fire
2: right there, man. Hey,
3: let me read that. Again. <laughs> One time, read that again. Read this again for y'all. Never trust a Jew. Don't let him know that he is playing with loaded. He is, he is playing the odds. With loaded dice. You. Yeah, he's playing the odds against you all the time. He plays with loaded dice. His card is marked. You can never win against him. You can never, never win, win
2: him. against him, man. you
3: not playing none of his games. None of his games can you win with him. Make this a, whispering, a, a secret whispering propaganda in every community when you go into a Negro home. Whisper all the time that the Jew is bad. Flatter him as he flatters you. Rob him as he robs you. Mm. Never give him a square deal because he is never going to give you one. But tell him how much you love and how kind and nice his people are. Get all you can from him and give him nothing back except good words and pleasant smiles. This is his policy. <laughs> the policy of the Jew is that if he sees a Gentile dying on the pathway and a penny covers his eye as a hope for recovery, he would take it off and let him die. But he will not do this to a Jew. Listen, listen, listen out. Listen how low life this motherfucker say a Jew is. That you could be dead on the road, and the only way you can live is to keep this one penny on your eye. That the motherfucking Jew gonna see you dying and know that the only way you can live is this penny stay on there
2: and go take that penny, nigga. Keep moving. Man. This motherfucker gonna take
3: the penny.
2: He gonna He need the penny too, nigga
3: that all the shekels. Take that shekel right off your eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he will not do this to a Jew. You have your answer to this. You know what I'm saying? Letting you know that he won't do it to his own. So we should. He will be...
2: do it to his own.
3: we should be thinking the same about our own. God
2: damn right. You know what My saying?
4: brother,
2: to light up there, calling the Jew his brother. Ooh, motherfucking Drew ain't your brother, nigga. Traitor. Listen to what the man's saying right here, man.
3: Treat him similarly. Always try to get something from the Jew because he has always robbed you and your fathers in that he believes he the chosen. And and such all other men must pay tribute to him. This is false and fictitious. It is Jewish propaganda. Ignore it. And let them pay tribute to you. Man. If tribute must be paid.
2: If it must be paid. <laughs> black power, man.
3: Power. God damn, black power. That's black power right there. See? You can't just listen. You can't get tougher than that. Y'all, listen, man. I'm gonna. You know what? I think I'm going to write this on. I'm going to write. I'm mad. Look. Man. I might, to, I might have to write all this right on Facebook. Uh, put it. As, I might have to write. Yeah, I might have to put this as a Garvey quote. What what
4: what's that what's that out of uh, right there, brother boy?
3: This is uh, Marcus Garvey: Life and Lessons. This a uh, uh, a companion to the UNI Papers.
2: Okay, okay.
3: Yeah,
1: that's powerful. That's power right there, man. He's at the bottom right there. Yeah, that's that he right there, man. Mm-hmm. Huh.
3: I'm going to give y'all, you know just i
2: always whispering, man. What Every you chance say, you man? get, goddammit. Talk, talk bad about that white boy. Every chance you get. Every chance you get. Every chance you get, man. He said, but don't tell him to a face, though. Don't goddamn sit there and try to debate him and argue with him. Uh, He's playing with loaded
0: dice.
3: Yep. Give him a smile and a wink like he'll try to do you and, and rob yeah. him at the same time. Yeah.
2: He going he
4: gonna to sit there and, and,
2: and talk, you, talk make you feel stupid. Yeah. Make gonna, you feel like like you tripping.
3: And talk you out of whatever the fuck. Right? If you ain't robbing him, trust me, one of two things is going on. Either he robbing you or you robbing him at that point in time. Now. Yeah. You better get on your A game. And get the ticket from because trust and believe why he, he trying to take something from you. He already got that plan. That's only me talking to you. He ain't
4: talking to you for no other reason he got I got something I can get out of him. I can. Mm-hmm. That's what they that's where they go with it. I can get something out
3: of him.
2: Right hey man, that whole that whole passage right there, man. <laughs> No, say, say, cause, cause, the first part, man. He about to say, say, man. Say, right. say, he say, man, these niggas, man, they got them. Get the money out the community.
4: Mhm.
2: Then go give it to a white bitch. Is a man go
4: we got marry a. To-
2: or a up, thorn, and we ain't gonna talk like that. Marcus Garvey said, we got to
3: insist in a campaign of race purity. You know what I'm saying? They're doing everything moral and social within the race and close ranks against all other
4: races. We got to Mm -hmm. close ranks. See, now this goes
3: along with Chancellor Williams. We were talking about how uh, black was our our religion.
4: You got damn Right.
3: We got to religiously love us. We That's it. The elder, matter of fact, the elder said that. The elder said, man, I ain't got no God but my mother and daddy, man. I don't know nobody who brought me here but them. Who else did it? He said, I can't, oh, man, I ain't got nothing about no mystery, move, move, mystery mess in the sky. I started laughing. The elders like, elder man, later for that, I ain't got nothing to do with that. He said, I am my ancestors. I'm my father, my mother, grandfather, grandmother. That's who I am. The only mm-hmm. I give praise to
1: us and black power. Said, All right. We're working. But yeah,
3: man, it's a teach the people to abhor such Negroes. What kind of negro? Mm. A negro who do the unpardonable crime. What's that? What's the unpardonable crime? Marry What's the
2: unpardonable crime, man?
3: What's the unpardonable crime? Marrying outside your race, especially if you done got some, especially if you don't got some money and went over there and married that cracker beast, and then you got
2: got rich out oh, for like people and did turn around and go. You know what I'm saying?
3: If you went and did some, uh, 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 some, some Tiger Woods shit, you know, went, got you some money, went out, got you a whole white, a poor white trash, goddamn. Uh, Not a
2: poor white trash eating cheddar biscuit.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking. Uh, See the red
3: lobster cheddar biscuit. you cheddar biscuit eating this, y'all. As a matter of fact, she couldn't even eat nothing. That bitch was serving her. <laughs> Not what she was. She was old serving. She couldn't her. even afford the meal. Bro. Yeah, she couldn't afford it the dumbass nigga to,
2: <laughs> to put her on.
3: Yeah, he met her at goddamn Olive Garden. So, <laughs> he made to meet he this at the Olive Garden, take her home, and make a goddamn hundred. Uh, uh, Not only
2: put. But look, a Boy, not only put her on, but put her whole family on. Whole
3: family. He was trying to keep her. Yeah, he put the whole family on. while he was trying to keep her? But this nigga boy, who's wrong with Tiger Wolf? I said, Man, I said that must be that Caucasian in uh Must be a lot of that Caucasian and Asian that came, that popped up and
4: give it, give it, give it to him. But I. Mm. I'm, I was
3: thoroughly disgusted by Tiger Woods
4: doing that. You know what I'm saying?
3: And not that, you know, I see his father there and just, you know, he always was looked at for, you know, he was looked at as being uh, a black dude. But, uh, but you know, when he came out with that called Malaysian and then said he forgive, Yeah, man. That
2: nigga said fuck being black.
3: Well, you said he forget a white man when he won the master, and the white man said, oh, man, I guess we're going to have chicken and watermelon, chicken and collard greens, next master, And they said, oh, I forgive him. He was just being off the cuff. I said, Nigga, please. Okay. What's
2: crazy is Tiger Woods probably big, Kyle, more niggas than all of us put together. He probably been calling more niggas to his face than all us put together. You know them some ball crackers at them at them golf
1: shit. Yeah, they probably call him a nigga while he mid swing. Niggas turn around and go against all that shit.
2: But he, uh, what he call himself, brother boy, a Falcon Asian. Cobbler made Cobbler Asian, Cobbler, say, Cobbler Asian. I believe he's supposed to be cool. These niggas cold. in these new ass turns, my nigga.
3: They make up some new shit all the time just not to be black. But, you know, if you don't want to be black, listen, this is my thing. I ain't trying to make you black if you don't want to be. I wouldn't give a fuck.
2: You don't want to be you no You get African. the fuck out the way. Tell yeah.
3: me, you don't want to be no African. Fine, man. I'm fine with that, man. Just don't try to make me whatever the fuck you is and stay out the way, man. You mm. so, man, be, be whatever, be from moon. You
4: from, be from the
3: land of the moon, nigga, be from the land of moon, nigga. You from, you from America. Your people from America, you from Native American, you black, <laughs> Cherokee, nigga. Okay, then. We keep your Cherokee ass in the, okay. Keep it here, then, because I ain't with that shit. Don't try to convince me of that shit. I'm like Dr. Walter Williams on that shit. Don't even try to convince me, man. I'm never going to listen to that, you know. But we're gonna to have to, we definitely gonna to have to do a show. We got to do a show clarifying some of this Morris stuff up. You know what I mean, cause the brother, last, the brother last week came on and was talking to Doctor Walter Williams, and he was throwing in some Morris type shit, and I was like, man.
5: Yeah, I wanted to speak on that, but I, you know, my time the show ended. I think I probably forgot about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I let him slide because you know he was talking to Doctor Clark. I mean Doctor Walter Williams. Doctor Wells didn't say cut him off. You know what I mean? He he allowed the brother to talk and then tried to straighten him mouth a little bit. You know what I mean? So I I was like, all right, I got to respect, Doctor Walter Wells as he the he the man who being spoke to right now. If you were talking to me I, I I said, Damn, that was one time I said, Damn, I'm glad Sister Camille wasn't on the line. <laughs> I,
1: Look, I, I was
3: waiting. I said. Wait. Yeah, I, I said I wouldn't yeah, know how <laughs> Sister Camille would have held her talking. I don't know if you did it. You <laughs> be like oh. Oh, Williams, I gotta wait a minute. Fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> I apologize already, but fuck that do over here. That <laughs> you know, I ain't
0: gonna get out and Let you get out here and tell people
3: <laughs> that bullshit. Yeah. But Baba, Baba, Baba caught him. Baba caught him. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was just really trying to be respectful, I, and you know, I ain't want to. You know, I didn't end up to get cussed out because he was just right handing out ass <laughs> I just was like, fuck that! I ain't gonna get that. I ain't gonna be the next <laughs> That I'm...
4: nigga
2: was, that nigga was smiting his enemies that
3: night,
4: boy.
2: Yeah, I that wanna... nigga had his smiter in his
3: hand. I, I didn't want no part of that. I didn't want to be one who ended up in this goddamn crosshair. <laughs> I said I'm gonna fall back unless he say cut him off. Then I'll cut him. But if he don't say cut him off, I'll let it let the brother slide with it. Bob will clean it up.
2: And be a warrior mode, man mm-hmm.
4: Dude,
2: that's why I, I like to still see that he got that fight in him, though, man, but it's sad that will call in the show and be disrespectful to the elder though, man, you know what I'm saying or or try to uh you know shit on the elders work or or not at least um not at least you know come respectfully with your argument.
3: Yeah, man. Let me you know. uh it's
2: cool to disagree with him, but she disagree respectfully, man. Man, put in too much work.
3: Yeah, for you not for him not to be able to tell you to hold on, brother. Why you yeah. say hold on? Let me, you know, he's trying to clarify what the fuck you're saying. He he, 84. He got a mind like it's still trapped, but he need to make sure that the information is in order for him to be able to speak to it properly.
4: Hmm. I say. You know what I mean? So I don't
3: know what I might be. if he say hold on, what the fuck? Just hold the fuck. I mean, I
2: mean goddamn, when your grandmama say hold on to you, what that means? Shut the fuck up. I mean, shut the fuck up, nigga?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You say, hold on. Your granddad, your grandpa, or your grandmama say hold on. Man, come on, my nigga. These niggas have no, no respect, no, my nigga. No, no respect. Uh,
3: I yo, think you listen, man. Your grandmother grandfather say, hold on. The next thing out your mouth, your mother or father like me to fuck you up.
4: Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Square me. <laughs> you got the right to hit you in the
3: stomach or the throat, nigga, you know? What <laughs> <laughs> Worse than if you had it to them. Like, for
4: business.
3: Like, what? You just disrespected my mother? You just disrespected my father? Oh. You lost your goddamn mind. Lost your, you, lost your, you lost all your mind down. That's why I got the respect. That's why I got the respect. So you going to have double, triple respect for that. For business.
4: Yeah, nah, you're right about that, though. you
2: You're right totally correct about that, right, man. man, niggas just have to know, man, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you're a person that's somewhat looked upon. It's, it's, it goes back to where brother uh, of talks about influence. You know what I'm saying? goes back to the influence. And, and, and you got to realize how much influence you have. You know what I'm saying? To where if you are old, nigga, and you on here disrespecting your elder. But you're an old nigga already, but you disrespected your elder. If we have some youngsters on the
1: line listening, what message does it send to them? Don't send a message of respect to your oh, elders. It's they show, don't send that message.
2: You feel me? If these motherfuckers just walk around and feel like you can, you know what I'm saying? You can say, hey, mm-hmm. flyer, maybe, you fu- maybe you don't give a fuck. maybe uh, you say, don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck, just let the people know you don't give a fuck. Just 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 say it. Just
1: let us know. We can, say, they can say say just stop taking you that seriously. Anything fly they want to say out of their mouth they say they can say it. People don't think before they talk,
3: that's all. Huh. Let's see what else. Let's see what else I'm going to
1: give out. Let's see what else I'm going to give out. I'm going to give out some peer
3: review information. (laughs)
1: Got the peer review. I don't even want. I don't
4: even
3: want going for that. I'll go. <laughs> I'll, I'll put, um, let me get Doctor Ben. Let me get Doctor Ben. Black man of the Nile and his family. Let me pull that down.
4: Let me see.
3: Let me see. i go on. wrong.
2: Can't go wrong with that woman.
3: Yes. Yeah, let me see what I want to put in here. All right. Now, you see, Doctor Walter Williams got me none I can't even put in what I want to put in must go down the will, now we going to say the date you know what I'm saying cuz he said the time periods ain't right but we'll we'll still use we'll
2: still rock with the name Let me
4: see.
2: <laughs> we have to I mean this probably it, I mean I would have to agree with the doctor you know what I'm saying that man, yeah I went to talk to the motherfucking Monique how you going to trust what a nigga named Monique <laughs> those
4: <laughs> this nigga name is Benito, my nigga. <laughs>
3: man, <all> ready,
2: man. <laughs> no, but you know that we gotta at least we gotta still use it as so called kind of basis though, or some yeah, kinda
3: of. basis, yeah. No, no well, you know what I
2: was
3: just gonna put in I was just gonna put in a list of um king for kings from the dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a king's list and a queen's list. I got a queen's list also. Matter of fact, that's what I'm gonna do. Let me see, hold on, let
1: me see what dynasty I got you. Let me see. Queens of the thirteenth, fourteenth dynasty. All right. I
3: got Queens of the Seventeenth Dynasty right here. Let me see. Let me see the kings of the 17th dynasty.
1: Alright, alright. What? Uh oh, uh oh. I don't know about it, all that.
3: Exos king, the 15th dynasty. Yeah, that, that was the Asian. let say that too. But the 17th dynasty, that was when our uh, most took over, you know what I'm saying, brought back the the illustrious, uh, glorious kingdom back together in Egypt. That was um the 18th dynasty as uh, the date that Dr. Ben places inside. There's chronology. I'm going to, you know, we make sure we clarify everything. Um, it's 1580, 1558. But we're just going to give that uh, the 18th dynasty. We're going to give the kings of the 18th dynasty. Uh I mean, kings of the 17th, oh, shit, hold on, the 17th dynasty, that's 17th, oh, we want to do, hold oh, on, my bad family, we want to do the 18th dynasty, we don't want to do the 17th dynasty, that was still, that was still Asian, mm. like, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but no, see, this is what the thing was, though, it was Asian, Asians on the throne, but the Queens was African. Cause you couldn't get there without no Africans. Now we're gonna go to the eighteenth dynasty. That's where we wanna go to. You know what I'm
2: saying? That's where we wanna go to. Brother Boy, what page y'all, man? Alright, um
3: all right, I got the I got the small one now. I got the little one now. I'm on page one fifty eight. Like so the 18th Dynasty, this was. I, I meant to say 18th Dynasty. If I said 17th earlier, family, excuse me. But the 18th Dynasty was the reemergence of the African kingdom. The the kicking
1: out of the Asiatic And um, we go like this, cause
3: um. King Amos. He drove out the Hyksos. you know what I'm saying? Um he rebuilt, he rebuilt the capital.
1: Um, what was Amos did? Uh, let me see. Um He, uh, he,
4: listen,
3: and now, see, this what these people now look, right? This 18th dynasty, i read this to you now. This is almost, right? Almost the first. Almost the first married both of his sisters, right? Now, he also married a consort. See, one thing that the people try to uh, throw and say, listen, hold up. Um, uh, they was, they was, it was, uh, uh, they was and Brad, They was, they was, um, even with their own sisters and stuff like that, but as it states that it, it states that Almost married both his sisters, Amos Nephtali and Amos Nephtah. <coughs> um, uh, uh, where he had
1: a he had a consort too. And I'm I'm the one that drove out the uh house, right? Yeah. Now, uh-huh. brother, boy, wasn't
4: they
1: doing that for like political reasons, though? I mean to keep also, the
3: uh that's to keep the throne with inside the family. You know what I'm saying? They, they have to keep the throne and, and like you said early on, like that's right after taking the headshots out the scene. So, you know, you definitely gotta have it, you know, you wanna make sure that like the political scene is strong also.
1: We got Amos.
3: He had two wives: Amos Neptali and Amos Neptu.
2: Could it be that maybe like uh, the idea of marriage back then wasn't? Because it probably was was probably might not have been even the same word or meaning. You know what I'm saying? You think that's a possibility? Yeah. Because I mean, everything else these motherfucking crackers that mis- misunderstood.
3: Listen, I wouldn't. I I couldn't say that you wasn't. You know, you ain't right. There's no. There's nothing that I can say that we're. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? We going by interpretation. You know what I'm saying? How people
4: perceive yeah. what
3: they what they seeing. So we. You know, we don't. I I couldn't say that you was wrong. You
1: know what I mean? So. We got, we
2: got that. The reason I say that, man, because I did a presentation one time on Egypt from the dynasty, and and, and it was in front of, you know what I'm saying, the class, mixed class or whatever. One of the white boys ran right up to me afterwards asking me, uh, well, didn't King Tut marry his sister or some shit like that? Some shit he said. Like the first thing to jump on was the fact of the inbreeding. You know what I'm saying? of the, uh, not, not inbreeding, but interme- uh to say, like, they was... Uh, incest. Incest, yeah. And, I mean, when you look at the total picture of it, man, everything they have done has been to discredit. You know what I'm saying? So why wouldn't that be one, too? Why wouldn't that... that I mean, to me, that would fit right in that Unless they were saying that their idea of marriage is what well, we think of marriage here in America. Mhm.
3: Uh, we had um well you know I feel, I, I agree with you Robert Dunn, you know, we just have to you know we have to we looking back we looking back right now. You know what I'm saying? So when we look back we put we put this in reference how we see it fit.
1: You know what I mean? Because
3: we looking back in the time
2: you right, you right?
3: Oh man. That's what that's all that's our duty right now. Now, I want to go ahead and hit up um the next king was Amenhotep. They don't have the wives of Amenhotep in here. And um this all 18th dynasty. After that we had Tutmose the 1st. We got uh, I got two wives for Tutmose,
2: I. You got Tutmose the 1st. Yeah,
3: Tutmose the 1st and Tutmose the 2nd. Yeah, Tutmose the 1st I got two wives for him. And his first wife died young before she could even bear children. Then, then uh, they had Mutt uh, Neferet. And they said, "Where you
2: where you seeing
3: the uh, wives at, uh, brother?" Oh, boy? oh, I got another book. I got another book. I got this book by this. Oh, I'm sorry, I ain't even put the book in. Giving giving no proper, you know what I'm saying? Uh, credit. I got the Chronicle of the Queens of Egypt by Joyce T- Tiddlesley.
2: Okay, okay. You know
3: what I'm saying? This and this is a, uh, she uh, a lecturer, an archaeologist. span She uh, she lectures on archaeology, and um, she an archaeology. This is archaeology.
2: who you said was the uh? Cause you said the, the other the other ones again? Uh, but the first wife you had mentioned. The first
3: wife I, is Amos
2: and Amenhotep.
3: Oh, the first wives are Amos. The first wife for Amos. The first two wives. Are, the uh, Amos was Amos Nefertari and Amos Nepta. But they didn't have Amo. Um, Amenhotep. They didn't have the wives of Amenhotep in him. They didn't have his wives.
1: So I guess they didn't find information on his wives. So, um, uh, they had one of the most wives they had two of his wives,
3: and, like i said the um uh, uh, was the first wife, and Merit amin was his uh was uh, his other wife who died early
1: what's her, what's
2: her name again
3: oh no hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on let me let me read let me read this correctly
2: you say Merit
3: amin. Hold on. Let me read this correctly. I'm gonna read it correctly, fam, because I I'll, I might be mistaken. Let me
1: let me read this correctly. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right.
3: All right, all right. This is, uh, this is how Thutmose got into the family. This give an interesting little background to read, to read something to y'all. All right, Merit Ahmed. Egypt has been blessed with three generations of increasingly influential queens. Now there was a law as almost Nefertari's forceful personality completely eclipsed that of her, do- of her daughter, Merit Amen. Merit Ahmed took over the position of God's wife of Amun from her mother. But we know little else about her beyond the fact that she died young before she could provide her husband with a living male heir. This failure, humiliating though it may have been for the queen, was not a dynastic desire. Was hold on, was not a dynastic disaster. The royal harem existed to cover such an eventuality. However, it seems that there was no suitable son in the harem either, and unlike all his fellow kings. Amenhotep was not inclined to marry again. So as Amos Nefertari reassumed the vital role of consort, the I was adopted into the royal family. Mary Ahmed mummy found lying in two cedarwood coffins and cartoonage outside out of case in Air Del tomb. Uh,
2: they
3: had been desecrated, rebandaged in the twenty first dynasty. y'all it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a very nice looking coffin. I'm talking about, yo, this is, this is, this looks very
2: beautiful. It's a wood coffin. It's very beautiful, man. That's a Mary I mean. Yeah, Mary I, mean. I heard that, I'm, I heard that name. I'm trying to think of where we are here speaking. You might
3: have heard Mary I Amit. Mean.
2: Mary I Amit. Mean. Yeah, Mary I mean. I
3: mean, that's part of That's part of Ramesses' name. You probably heard. Aswad Crazy said on the,
1: okay. video.
3: yeah, okay. on the video,
1: most beloved, amen. Mary amen. But now this ain't to say. This got a T on it, Mer- merit, amen. All right. Now we go to topmost Trump- the first. After the the
3: first, we got topmost the second. And then after the the second
1: we have hold on, hold on. Then we have hold on. oh we got
3: Uh, let, let, let me see, let me see, let me see. All right. <clears throat> queen Amos' parentage is nowhere recorded. All right, Tupmos came on the scene. He married Amos. He married the queen named Amos, and they don't got no records of his parents. Um. They say Amos was a
1: popular new kingdom name. Now, um. Thutmose uh, must have made a dynastic match to
3: seal his claim to the throne, that his consort might have been either a daughter of Amenhotep I or a daughter of King Amos and Amos Nefertari, therefore a full sister of Amenhotep I. But while Amos claims the title, while Amos claims the title king's sister, she is never described as the king's daughter, as she surely should, would have been, had she been of royal blood. The obvious implication of her tutelary is that she was the sister or half-sister of Thutmose I. Yet incestuous marriages uh, were unknown outside the royal family at this time. If Amos were truly the sister of Thutmose, they must have married after Thutmose became heir to Amenhotep I. Amos bore her husband two daughters Hatshepsut and Neferubiti, occasionally referred to as Akbet that Neferu Bitsi appears on the wall of her sepsu bare at Bakari mortuary temple, wearing a diadem decorated with rosettes that vanishes. It is assumed that she died young. Amos um, remains in the background throughout her husband's reign, but is featured prominently during her daughter's reign. Alright, so now uh, this this topmost the first
2: I mean and his
3: wife almost they had had Chetsu and Tumos the second he only had a ten year reign, but they don't have nothing in here about Tumos the second his his um his wife in here we go directly well uh, we go directly to have
4: Chetsu, but on the Kings list it goes from topmos the first II the second to have Shepsu. And according to
3: the Dr. Ben's list, we we're now at 1515 15, 15 B.C.E. with Hatshepsut. Um, Hatshepsut, one one of now this is the, the the funniest thing about Hatshepsut is this, man. They say that look, look, we got more information about Hatshepsut than almost any other any other pharaoh, right? Any other ruler. But she was going to be written out of the history, uh, scratched out. You feel me? And I think this is just a very odd thing for someone who had been taken out of the history
1: to have so much information. You know, have so much information on her. Damn. Black power. Oh, well,
4: by,
3: yeah, um,
5: my King, I think he probably jumped off he's trying to get back on. he muted,
3: yeah, i'm about to, I'm trying to open it back up right now, I
1: sure I open it up back now, but yeah, that's one thing I always wondered about howset too so I said they only got so much information on it, you know all. What's up with it, brother boy? Yeah. Oh, I
2: got you. What I was trying to say, man, is uh Dr. Ben got right here fifteen fifteen, uh, Most is in the and then uh fifteen fifteen to fifteen oh five, uh quick ten years of dub uh dub most of the second in between in between uh before happen. You see he, this? You see how he... I don't know how that's working now. What I think it is is that, uh, I think, I think. Let me, hold on. I don't want to say nothing. I think. Let
3: me... because listen, is the second, II, though. He was on the throne at the same time with Hatshepsut. Remember, like, they was married.
2: Corey yeah, okay.
3: Yeah, they was married. You know what I'm saying? He was that was supposed to be his half sister.
1: Yeah, that's what he said. That's his sister. Okay. I mm-hmm.
3: so he died. I mean, he died. He took in. Most he died uh, early. You I me? He died early, and so that's when Hatshepsut took over, and then up under her son, with her son, the III, coming into power, she also, she pretty much was running, running show at the same time that her son, the III, was running and then she passed And then she passed the reins to him, and, um, all right.
2: But see, like, I think it would have been impossible to really, uh, Eraser out of the history because she was in like three
4: different... Yeah.
2: Uh, like two or three different payroll. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, she was different. there during two or three different reigns. She helped reign with her husband. She reigned on her own. Then reigned with her son.
1: Yeah. So, I mean... Oh, oh let me see what let me see first. 'Cause that's the, that's the queen they said that the uh
2: had a stuff chiseled out, right? Yeah,
3: some of her work been chiseled out.
2: They chiseled out all her. Uh,
3: Not could have been all They like chiseled
2: it. her name off the Kiss King's List or something.
3: Mm hmm. But well, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, she was so powerful that her, her statues, her obelisk still exists. You know what I'm saying? She got an obelisk that she raised.
2: Man, I know I got to see that temple though, man.
3: And Karnak, and then she got the, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, she 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 put uh she put down a lot of uh, uh architecture. You understand? She put down a lot of architecture up under her reign. Are you said she was there long enough to have shit done that even if you <clears throat> wanna her, you can't because there's certain things that she did that
2: it was like she was like Hillary Clinton of the other day. I don't mean to compare her to a to the queen like that, but I mean, as far as staying in power, staying there either on the shadows
1: or or something through the whole time. Bad comparison,
2: family. Bad comparison. I don't mean to compare the Great Queen to this crack of
3: No, compare to the power. But bitch. you know what I'm
2: speaking of. I'm speaking to the, to the. you know what I'm saying? The,
3: the political end of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. We're going to move on. Um,
3: we're going to move on through the A.J. Dynasty. Then we got uh, I'm in hold up second. Hold on.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I'm the whole second. Let me let me get Let me get his lines in here. See, look, when we talk about
3: headset, like I said, there's so much work on hipshet soup. They just got pages to hipshet soup. All type of, I'm talking about math. It's all type of work. All right.
2: No way, no way. She could have been able to uh, truly be in the race.
3: All right. Now listen. These the wives top topmost the third. Tutmos the third had the Maritre had Neptune, Manue, Manhattan, and Maruta. There was his wine. Uh, you know, Kamosa third. Um, we're,
1: we're all were all them I mean what?
2: Does, does she go into, like, where they were from? Um, listen, I'm
3: going to tell you this, right? The first two have royal cartouches. When I look at them, and, you know, they show up they had a royal or not a holiday name was, or, you know, what they say their name was, was put inside the little, in the little hieroglyphs, right? And they say when they're inside the little, in that little oval, like, circle, that it depicts royalty. So... Satia and Meritre of Maritre Hashetsu was both royalty. Now, I'm gonna get down here. Given the given her background as a daughter of two kings and sister to a third, it seems inconceivable that Nefurre was not destined to wed her half brother Tutmos the third. Yeah, just one highly inconclusive piece of evidence suggests that they did marry. What the hell, but they ain't even got her in there. What the hell? They don't even put her in there as one divine.
1: Yeah, what the f- There's This is some other shit right here. Other shit. I, I don't know what, what they're trying to say right here, but they.
3: Alright. They saying that they think that that might be his sister, but they just named her, renamed her Satia. That's what they're saying.
4: That's what's being said. Um,
3: it said the office of God's wife of Amen was to fall into decline during the reign of the III and would temporarily die out after the reign of the IV. This coincided with the obvious rejection of the sister wife as cons as consort, which would last into the reign. A second race uh, suggests that the royal family may have grown weary of recording their sisters and daughters to much power and too much independent wealth. Only the king's mother, the woman who had enjoyed intercourse with the creator God, who posed little threat to ruling sons, could be allowed to re- retain their former position if just usurpation was not to set a precedent. Oh, they said. Well, after they have set suit, they said, "Wait a minute. We don't think we're gonna be keep doing this stuff with these where the sister get married onto the throne because since she is automatically royalty, she automatically take the power of the of the father. I mean, of the king die off, and she could just hold on the power indefinitely. And but we want just mm-hmm. a woman to hold the power because a woman and a man who just you know, they both could have the crown at any point in time, then she might start the plotting to get the crown. Yep. You know what I'm saying? She might start plotting to take over and become the pharaoh, to become the king like that. We want them to marry another woman. And then whoever the woman is, she, she'll she be the mother of the, uh, the mother, be the queen mother. We always have a queen mother in place, but it'd be the queen mother, you know what I'm saying, in place. So we just
2: don't want no mishaps going on. We understand. The problem with, though, with the idea, though, is that she, I mean, she kind of had to take over at that time. You know what I'm saying? As far as as her husband was was one of the weak king. He was a weak king. So,
3: I mean. He died. That's what I'm saying. He died early and the son was still an infant. So what was she supposed to do?
4: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She was stuck
3: in a position that What else I'm supposed to do? But take, a, a, take control. But um, we're going to finish with Tutmose's Third. III. the III, though, he got two Royal wives, and he had three foreign wives. Now, the other Royal wives was Marette Ray and Shepsu you know what i'm saying um, let me see
1: let me see um uh, between
3: between his wives he got twelve children uh,
1: let me see
3: uh they say saying, Maretre Hatshepsut was the daughter of the priestess and royal wet nurse, Hue, Tutmos annals caused into the Karnak Temple. I'm going to tell you something that the white woman do that's fucked up. I'm going to tell you as i don't this. Is that she put in all the conjecture about, wrote a whole paragraph on conjecture about uh, Maretre Hatshepsut being Tutmos third sister. And then ends it off with, but now, but the record show that, you know what I mean?
2: Uh, that's you know, not. The
3: priestess and the royal, you know what I mean? The priests and the royal uh, uh, wet nurse. You know, that's
2: that
3: bullshit. That's that bullshit, man. Yeah, that's that bullshit right there. You know what I'm saying? That's that bullshit to give you all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Tell you all that lie. Put the truth in there. So if you don't read enough of it, you'll be like, damn, what the hell? But they say he also took on three foreign wives. You know what I'm saying? Uh, They say the foreign wives' tunes was, uh, they, they was taken apart by robbers, by tomb robbers. Uh, and that was the that was Neptune, moon Moonaway, I mean Moonaway, Mahata, and Maruda. Then was the then was the uh, the foreigners. It was them foreign wives. Now we got Amenhotep the second. And Amenhotep the second is fourteen fifty to fourteen fifteen. Um uh, he got, his wife is Tia,
1: and I
3: the whole chapter, you know, he ruled for 30 years, peaceful years. Um, he only got evidence of only one wife, one that they named, Tia, the mother of fourth, IV. Uh, uncertain parentage, who was known to have usurped some of the later monuments of her mother-in-law, Maret, Maretre Hatshepsut. She was eventually buried in the valley of the king. Her tomb has yielded some damaged grave goods, but no mummy and no trace of her body has been found elsewhere
1: either. Uh, you know, they say she remained in the background. She was
3: regarded to be the earthly counterpart of Hathor, Isis, and Mutt, the mother goddess, and wife of Amun. From this time, onwards into the end of the 18th dynasty, the king's mother would play an increasingly important, right, a, a important role in political and, more particularly, religious rituals as successive
1: kings seek to prove their own earthly divinity via their birth story.
3: Uh, They're try to get godly now. Wait a minute. Mama, you better have a good story to tell. You're to tell these people, you super. You have to be the super mother. Ah, that's interesting. We got Tutmosh the Fourth, and uh, let's see, Tutmosh uh, the Fourth, the rise of Tutmosh the Fourth, Nefertari, Ayrat, and Mutum, uh Weir. Tutmosh the Fourth is on fourteen fifteen to fourteen oh five.
1: He had too much of rain. Um, he didn't have a rain that long. Let's
3: see. Let me see. Tutmos the of four is of known to have um, had at least two principal wives whose names appeared alongside his own. His first coffin sword and is featured on several statues recovered from Giza and Luxa. After Lephtarri's untimely death, Tutmo's sister, Irette, read, the reading of her name is uncertain, being written simply with the image of a cobra, became queen consort. Tuthmose appeared to have shared the ritual aspects of the queenship between the two ladies and his mother, Tia. A third less well-known wife was the anonymous daughter of the king of Martini. The, this diplomatic marriage was designed to seal the new peace treaty that allow Egypt and Batani to become allies. A fourth wife, Miriam mother of the next king, Amenhotep I chapter 3, did not emerge from the seclusion of the harem until her son came to the throne, suggesting that she was a lady of lesser birth and therefore of lesser importance Until to the day the faith decreed she should become king's mother. Then, as had been the case with Amos, Mother Hatshepsut, her physical relationship with the god Amun was fully exploited in the story of her son's divine birth. Amin Hotep had this story carved into the walls of Luxor Temple, a temple dedicated to both Amun and the celebration of the divine royal seal. Hatshepsut had used her birth story to reinforce her somewhat dubious claim to the, to- to the throne. Amin the son of the previous king, has- can have felt no need to justify his ascension. Provided her husband with six relatively well documented children two, mo- two sons, Tutmos and Amenhotep, four daughters, Tetemung, Hanut, Henut, Hanut, Isis, and, and Nebita. There, is there may have also been a fifth daughter, the Almana Tomb of Huya, superintendent of the Royal Herald. Superintendent of the treasury, steward in the House of Kings in the House of King's mother, King's wife, tie includes two things showing Ty accompanied by a young girl. The girl wears the child's side locked hairstyle and is identified as the king, king's daughter, Baquet Aten, handmaiden of the of the Aten. Neither Baket Aten's father nor her mother are named, for her close association with the Daliger. Queen suggests that Ty is her mother. Who is her? Who then is her father? Now, oh Lord! Now we go. Who is the daddy? Now, oh Lord! Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. That is baby daddy problem. There we go. Now we got the baby
1: daddy problem. Who is the daddy? Um. But they
3: they they try to throw salt on the queen. They trying to throw salt on her. We ain't gonna let that we ain't gonna let that happen. We don't let that happen. White
2: why why white, white woman getting out of control, man.
3: White woman getting out of control. That's business. Exactly who is the daddy. You know what I'm saying? He's supposed to been passed by the time the daddy come up. Here we go, yeah, here we go, here we go, then it gets to well, you know, um, it might be dating, you know, they you know it might be just all this depiction, we don't really know how old the, the girl is, she could be older than what we think
1: she's looking like, and get to all that. Yeah, but uh, that was a they, 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 I think they said that Queen T was
2: uh, um, you know, when 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 Akhenaten went and changed the change the uh religion of people who, uh, or the you know what I'm saying changed it to acting. To she was the one that uh, that when when, when cut came on on to came up to the throne was able to, you know what I'm saying, get it back to I mean where well,
1: well, the talk him in and turning it back to, to Army. Yeah no I I I got that same information that you you know let him know
3: that listen man, like, you know, your life on the line
4: right now and I'm
3: holding them off to keep you from going down. You changed stuff, and people are after your head right now, yeah, but you know, and he he didn't last long, he didn't last long at all, and then well, I'm in Hotel the third, also he caught him a couple of foreign wines. <clears throat> He saw him a couple of four lines. Uh, let me see. Galupa and Tuduk uh, Tadu Kappa. You know what I'm saying? That was that was one of his lines. Well, we got uh. Wow. What's her
4: What's that name
3: again? Galu keppa and Tuduk Kepa. And then
1: he had a couple of other ones that ain't named. You know what I'm saying? Cause they they
3: just gave where they was from. He's supposed to marry. was supposed to marry two from right, He was supposed to marry two princesses from Syria, two from Babylon, one from
1: Anatolia, and one from Bacthania. Then we have Amenhotep the Fourth.
3: And Queen Nefertiti. And Hotel the Fourth is uh known as A At- 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 Uh, his wife
1: Nefertiti. Ar- uh, IV, though, he a uh though, the Fourth though, Let me see, let me see. Um, Amenhotep
3: um, third's younger son inherited his throne as Amenhotep fourth. Soon after, in tribute to the ancient but somewhat obscure solar god known as the Aten, the new king would change his name to Akhenaten, a living spirit of the Aten. Within five years of his succession, Akhenaten would radically simplify Egypt's polytheistic religion by abolishing most of the established pantheon and replacing the multitude of deities with one sole God to attend. The object of his worship was the bright light of the sun rather than the sun itself. Uh, not as Queen Nefertiti was not a member of the immediate royal family, and her parents are never mentioned, although we do know that she had a younger sister, Matun and Jet, which appears in several Armada tomb scenes. In consequences, there has been a great deal of speculation over Nefertiti's origin, although her name was which translates as a beautiful woman has come, hence that Nebititi may have been a foreigner, perhaps even the renamed princess to Duke Kepler. Evidence from the unfinished monument tomb shared by the official A, later King, and his wife also called Ty, indicates that like her mother-in-law, before her she was a member of the Egyptian elite. A probable brother of Queen Ty, was granted a splendid tomb carved in the armada. Here we can watch as both A and his wife Ty receive a reward, a reward of golden necklaces from not Nefertiti. Uh, we
1: got uh, let me see, let me see. Let's see what else we want to put in about Nefertiti. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> oh. All right.
3: Now, Nefertiti, she had, uh, they say up to six or seven children. They really don't know. So uh, that's one thing that we can put in there. She has a lot of um, she has a lot of um artwork. You know I'm saying? A lot of a lot of stuff dedicated to her that's still present, still around. You know what I mean? So, um then we get down to Well, let, let me see, let me see. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the six daughters though. This is this what they got. They got six of, they got six daughters here. And these These children. Merit Aten, Muk Maket Aten, A Senpa Aptin. Um was all born in Thebes and the younger three they say a neferu, neferu Aten, never rule never and Sep step and re. And they were born in
1: Amarna. So they all know she had a son or not. Um, let me see. Uh,
3: these, are, these are the women who were part of Agnott and Harold. Right here, this is... Uh, Chia, Merritt, Austin, ah, um, Amon, almond, Thai,
1: and what, and Matt. So, uh, his, uh, his
3: favorite secondary wife was, they say, was the wife Kia. Um, they got, you know, they got a couple
1: uh, royal scenes with with them up there. Um, Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All right. All right. Um, We got. Who we got? We got the
3: last coming up is uh the most famous of all the uh uh all the um. The rulers in the in in Egypt, the most famous. We got two Akamar, where his dynasty ended in thirteen forty nine. And um I don't let me see here. I don't got no Tsunami. That's his wife. Akin Tsunami is the wife of two Akhemi. Um, and remember, he was two Akhen, right? That's where he was named because he was he came up in the era of the Aten's with Akhenazi. And so, but after he came into power, Went back to Amin. So he came in under the Amen. So it says we got the newly renamed Tu Aman and his consort, tsunami abandoned Amana and returned to court to thieves. The traditional gods were reinstated and the old temples reopened as Tu'ak Amen set about restoring Maat to his land. Uncle that tsunami had appeared in several modern art scenes as a naked little girl with deliberately elongated egg-shaped head, the egg being a potential symbol of creation. Now her head restored to normal proportions. She became a glorious queen in tradition of her mother and grandmother. She appears on many of two Arkhamar's public monuments, including the Luxor Temple, and on more private items, Recovered from his tomb, where she takes the role of the goddess Maat to support her husband, a statue of the goddess Ma'at recovered from a Luxor temple, has Ankh awesome, and calm faith. Uh,
1: they got
3: and um, they, think they had they they think she had a child that that ended up passing because they they found inside the tomb a mummified child.
4: Let me see what the age is. Yeah. Uh
3: this was this was a, a fetus of five months gestation and the other a baby who died at or soon after birth recovered from the treasury. It is generally assumed that these are the daughters of two Antima and his
1: only known wife. family I, okay.
3: okay. so you know another day we'll put in some more we you know we got uh access to the list, so I have no reason
1: not to why not get, you know get familiar with some of the
3: information. Uh, and realized that it wasn't just men on the throne,
4: that women had power and
3: so much power that they were the, you know what I'm saying? That she had, uh, you know, the, uh, the woman always gonna have power. She always, they, the next thing is that she always the, is the mother of the next
1: king. What more power can you have than that? Then you're the mother of the next king. Because you're the mother, you know what you're going to teach
3: him. I got, uh, you, ain't no power greater than that.
1: you going to make the kingdom in your womb. So, yeah,
3: man, that's what, I, that's what I got rocking for tonight, family. You know, I just want to do a little bit of reading with the family, you know what I'm saying, do a little reading in on Think Tank Thursday, you know, get back to the basics. You know, family type one the basics. So that's my spell. If anybody got any other pieces they'd like to put in, please, please do before we, we leave out.
1: We leave out with a little word. Black Power. Black Power. Um, Now, I wanted to go back
5: to the Garvey and just encourage, you know, everybody that's listening to go research Garvey. You know, because we have a lot of people that's pulling out the red, black, and green but never go look up who Garvey was and what he stood for. You know what I'm saying? You can't have a red, black, and green flag with no motherfucking crack on your own. Mm-hmm. You go get your own flag or make your own shit up. You know what I'm saying? So I've just been seeing that, you know, um, I know back in January, they had somebody was posting that it was red, black, and green flag day. What the fuck?
3: In January? Hey, it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. We know what to fly. <laughs> hey, That's Doggy's birthday. What y'all talking about? I mean, I'm even out. Yeah. We, they want to recreate the. We already got the will. I'm trying to recreate it. Yeah. No?
4: That At least
5: on August, the day that it was, um, you know what I'm saying, made, that it was brought to the world at least, you know what I'm
1: saying? Right. I August 13th. Huh? So that's it. I just wanted to, you know, encourage people to, I mean, then they got stuff
5: online. I've been going to read, uh, what's that, Philosophies and Opinions. You can find a PDF online for free. I go and I probably read from there at least once a month. I go read some copy and paste it and shared, you know. So
1: um, I guess that's about it. Black Power. Black Power. going to
3: close out with a little Garvey. Just for the people, you know, um, this is from the first millennial edition, the American Directory of Certified Uncle Tom. We're going to read from page 126. Marcus Garvey on Negro leadership and what it means. I would not exchange two five-cent cigars, even though not a smoker, for all the colored or Negro political leaders, or rather misleaders of our time. The fraternity is heartless, crafty, and corrupt. They exist for themselves only and give no honest thought to the future nor the condition of the people except to exploit the said condition to their political benefit. The leaders of the race are visionless and selfless. They think of none but themselves. Among the whites, we have a few political charlatans and crooks, but that race can well afford under the circumstances to, to, to tolerate them because they are surrendered and circumvented by statesmen and race patriots forever vigilant and on guard and protecting the rights of their people. Among us Negroes, there is no relief from such a class because they monopolize our politics and obstruct our outlook. The only temper and hope is religion, and that is like dry bones. We have to lay, we have to wait a long while for them to come together in the valley. To use our present political leaders, there must be a conversion and reformation in head and heart. I believe it to be impossible with the inviting system of graft. Therefore I suggest that leadership be assumed by our uncorrupted youth with a program clear, positive and determined, counting well the cost of opposition and persecution which generally leads to the Bastille and the, gu- and the guillotine. And that comes from the philosophy, and that's a passage that's in the philosophy and opinions of Marcus Garvey. Um, page
1: 404. Hey. So, That, with
3: that being said, we got to stay charged up, wartime. You know what I mean?
1: It ain't coming. It's already here. We go out
3: with the uh, we go out the way we came in. That's a praise to the ancestors. That's praise to that Turner. Glory to Garvey, and long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad.
1: Three forty-eight.